If you do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand. We want everyone to have an outline of the sermon. You can remember a whole lot more what you read than what you hear. So if you need an outline, please raise your hands. And uh, we're going to be looking at probably one of the most important questions ever asked. One of the most important questions ever asked. And we'll read from Matthew and also from the book of St. Mark, beginning our reading from St. Matthew and the 22nd verse. Now, this 22nd chapter, the 22nd chapter of St. Matthew is very interesting in the fact that there are four questions that are asked, very important questions that are asked in this chapter. You have the Herodians, they ask one. You have the Sadducees, they ask a question. You have the Pharisees, they ask a question. And then the last question that is asked is asked than none other, certainly than Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at this question that he asked, but look at it, beginning with verse 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how then does David in the spirit call him Lord saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one, this is interesting. And no one was able to answer him a word nor from that day on did anyone dare question him anymore. That's a while. Now, I want to, to, if you allow me to read this from the message, because it breaks it down to we can understand it even better than that. Listen to these verses with the message. As the Pharisees were regrouping, see, they tried their best, the religious leaders of that day, to entangle Jesus And to try to trick him, guess what? They never did, and they never could. Again, as the Pharisees were regrouping, Jesus caught them off balance with his own test question. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said, David's son. Jesus replied, well, if the Christ is David's son. How do you explain that David, under inspiration, named Christ his master? God said to my master, sit here at my right hand until I make your enemies thy, your footstool. <clears throat> now, if David calls him master, how can he at the same time be his son? That stumped them. Littlest that they were, unwilling to risk losing face again in one of these public verbal exchanges, they quit asking him questions for good. St. <clears throat> Mark records this also. And, and I, I want to take the time, if you will allow me, to, 
to read this because it has several points that I want to bring out. Mark 12, 35. Then Jesus answered and said while he taught in the temple, How is it that the scribes say that the Christ is the Son of God? For David himself said, By the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore David himself calls him Lord. How is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. But the learned and the wise couldn't understand it. They couldn't understand it. Look at your introduction, if you will. Jesus Christ is without doubt the most influential name ever spoken throughout human history. Now, this is so true and so good. Even the skeptic H.G. Wells, which uh, he often said, I'm a historian, not a believer, acknowledged that no list... Acknowledge that to list the most significant people in the history of the world, Jesus Christ must top such a list. Can I get an amen? Amen. There is an undoubtedly something incredible about a character whose name is commonly spoken on a daily basis in nearly every culture, certainly all world, 2,000 years after he lived. It's mind-boggling to know the millions of people that honor him, that know him through and by the Spirit of God, and they certainly call him Lord. Let's look at some of the opinions, and you probably run into some of these opinions or people that have these opinions as you go to work or as you go to shopping or whoever. There are many opinions concerning Jesus. Some say he was one, of a long line, one in a long line of prophets sent from God, a gifted, perhaps even inspired teacher. Some say that Jesus was a nice idea for that time, but not to be taken seriously. These views, someone wrote it this way, are gaining some traction among other interestingly atheistic and secularized society thoughts of people today. And we see that. We hear that, whether it's on television, whether it's in print, whether it's on radio, or where you, whether you meet people today that are secularized, that, that they know very little about Jesus, but the things that they do know about Jesus sometimes is very, very misleading. Number four, you can't date a letter. Think about this. You can't date a letter, sign a contract, write a check, carve a tombstone without acknowledging the birth of Jesus and admitting his influence on the entire civilized world. His life split history in two. He's real. I love the book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. We have it listed here by Josh McDowell. Josh McDowell set out to prove that Jesus was a hoax. His resurrection was a hoax. He never did rise. He was, I'm not sure Josh McDowell, Professor McDowell was, was an atheist, but he certainly was an agnostic. He did not believe. And yet as he studied over the years to disprove 
the life and testimony of Jesus Christ, Josh McDowell became a true believer. And so have many over the years that have set out to disprove Christ. So I want to ask you this question this morning. We came to enjoy the Christmas songs, to meet friends and relatives, to dress pretty, and all of you look so good today. By the way, the choir will be singing the song later on. We came to enjoy all that. But the most important thing that we'll look at today or here today, I want to ask you this question. What think you of Christ? Give it some time. Give it some thought. I, I thought as I, I sat down to, to write this, I wanted to step back in time and allow history to testify about this matter. Let's, let's do something this morning. Will you allow me to do this? Let's summon the people that actually encountered Jesus Christ. Let's talk to them, or at least let's hear them say what they thought of Jesus Christ. Most of us know of Doubting Thomas. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 10 of his disciples were in a room and Jesus came in and met them. Oh, can you imagine after thinking he was dead forever, after thinking he was gone forever, and all of a sudden he walks into the room and they're so excited. They were so excited after that Sunday until they found Thomas and they said, Thomas, he's alive. Thomas was struggling. And Thomas said something that is so important. He said, unless I can put my finger in the nail prints in his hands, unless I can thrust my fist into his side where the spear was, I won't believe. The next Sunday, the disciples gathered together, all 11 of them. There was Thomas. Jesus came in. You know, something that was interesting to me about this incident is that Jesus, he was with Thomas for three years. Jesus didn't look at Thomas and say, Thomas, you unbeliever, you doubter, couldn't you believe me? He never chided him. He never put him down. There's probably not a one of us here at times that we don't struggle with, un not with unbelief, but with doubt. We have a hard time. When the doctors give you a bad report or when something happens in your life, there's a divorce, there's a death. When all of these things happen, sometimes we struggle. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus is not to put you down. He's not to criticize you. But Jesus walked up to Thomas and he said, Thomas, my hands. And Thomas touched the nail prints. Thomas, my side. And Thomas put his hand there in the side where the sword had been. And Thomas said something that is so profound. He said, my Lord and my God. The deity. The deity. The sovereign one. My Lord and my God. Something happens in a person when they experience a real true belief in Jesus Christ and they say, my Lord and my God. 
Nine years old, I knelt on an old-fashioned altar in Sampson County in Clinton, North Carolina. As a nine-year-old boy, Jesus dealt with me. I went to that altar, and I felt the presence and the power of God and tears flowing down my face. And I lifted my hands, and I said, My Lord and my God. Thomas was no longer doubting Thomas. Thomas was a believing Thomas. Pilate? Let's summon Pilate. Pilate was an officer of Rome that Jesus stood before. And over and over again, they cried to Pilate because he had the power to let, them, let Jesus be crucified. And they said, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate scrutinized Jesus. He interviewed Jesus. He listened to Jesus. And he came out on the balcony and he said to those Jewish people and the tremendous crowd, he said, listen, I find no thought in him. You can examine it up one side and down the other. You can look at Christianity any way you want to. In all of its dimensions, in all of its commandments, from Genesis to Revelation, you can look at the Word of God, not one jot, not one tittle contradicts the other. You can examine it like Pilate examined Jesus. And three times he stood before that audience and told them, I find no fault with him. Thomas, my Lord and my God, I find no fault in him. How about Judas, the one, the very one that betrayed him? Let's ask him. Judas, of course, kissed him. Someone said, you can kiss the door of heaven, but you can still be lost. Judas kissed him to betray him. They took Jesus, they plaited the crown of thorns and put on his head. They bruised him, they whipped him, they abused him. And somewhere during that time, Judas was convicted in his conscience. And he went back to the religious leaders, to the chief priests, and he said, listen, I have betrayed innocent blood. Take back the 30 pieces of silver. They would not. He did not want him at that time crucified. They took the 30, he took the 30 pieces of silver, threw them down, and went out. And the Bible says he hanged himself. Yeah, he hanged himself. But at that particular time, I can hear Judas, those words ringing out into that hall as he screamed out, I have betrayed innocent blood. Thomas, tell me. Pilate, tell me. Judas, tell me. John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. His mission, though he preached repentance, Though he captivated an audience, John the Baptist's goal and his, his calling was to introduce Jesus Christ to a world that needed a Savior. His one business was to bear witness of Jesus Christ, John said. 
I want to hear what you've got to say about him, John. He looked over the horizon as Jesus walked towards him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Thomas, Pilate, Judas, John the Baptist, let me ask, let me ask someone else. Let me summon someone else before us today. The centurion. The centurion was a soldier. The centurion was the one, listen to me, he was the one that instructed the soldiers to drive the nails in Jesus' hand. The centurion was the one that they chose to be there at the cross, hard-hearted, strong, robust. He's the one that gave the nails to the soldiers and they drove them in his feet. He was the one that stood there when they erected the cross with Jesus hanging on it and dropped it into that hole and ripped his feet and ripped his hands. And as he stood there, this hard-hearted Roman soldier and all of his swords and spears stood there. And all of a sudden, there was an earthquake. All of a sudden, there was wind and the rocks were rent. And down in Jerusalem, in the temple, there was a veil that stood between the holy place and the holy of holies. It was rent. You couldn't tie that veil to two teams of oxen and rip it. But that day, Jesus Christ, when he died, the almighty power of God, God took his hand and split it from top to bottom. So you and I no longer could be on the outside, but we could walk in to the holy of holies. Let me ask you, centurion. You were raised for something like this. Let me hear what you've got to say. Truly, he said, this was the Son of God. Thomas, Pilate, Judas, John the Baptist, the centurion, Peter. That was fickle. He was up and down and in and out. The one, listen at me, that at the end denied Jesus, and yet he came back. Jesus asked his disciples one day, who do men say that I am? You see, it's not what the preacher says. The question before us today is not what, what denomination do you belong to? It's not what what. Uh, program that you have in your church the lights and the building and the seats and the pews and mortar and brick it's not about the preacher it's about what do you think of Jesus Christ that will determine whether you and I spend eternity <laughs> alone with Christ or separated from him what do you think about him Peter 
What, what do you got? Oh, some say that you're Elias. Some says that you're Elijah. Some says that you're a resurrected prophet. Who do you say that I am? Listen, it's not what Bartholomew. It's not what John thought about Jesus. It's not what Peter thought about Jesus. It's what do you think about Jesus? Not your wife. Not your husband. Not your children, your mom and dad. It's not what grandma had. What do you think of him? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Listen at the testimonies of people that knew him. At one time hated him. At one time had the nails drove in his hand. The apostle John says, he is the light of the world, the bright and the morning star. Life and light describe the essence. They sung about it this morning. And mission of the incarnate word. That's what it's all about. It's to dispel darkness. There's somewhat of a darkness coming over America today. There is so much confusion. There is so much division. Whether it's in Washington. Or whether it's in the state house. Or whether it's in the courthouse. Justice has been turned on its ears. There's so much darkness. But the light of Jesus Christ shines in the darkness. And the Bible says it comprehends it not. It cannot hinder it. When you walk into a very dark room and you switch on the light. The light says darkness you must go. And darkness bows to the light and said yes I will go. And when the light of Jesus Christ shines into the heart of man. Though that heart be dark. Though it be evil. Though it be callous. Though it be away from God. It bows to the light of heaven. And it enters in. And the joy of the Lord rules and reigns in that heart no matter what's going to happen to America I hope good things what's going to become of America it's lost it's lost its footing I hope good things no matter what happens to America no matter what happens to my family no matter what happens Job said though the worms Eat this flesh. In my eyes I shall see God. What a hope. What light. Where's the darkness? The darkness has flown. I'm going to ask one more group. Then I'll close. Angels. Angels. I believe there are many angels. I believe each and every one of us have angels that watch over us. God driving down the highway. If they didn't, I don't know what would happen to any of us. Angels watch over us. Dirty, outcast, stinking shepherds, on the hillside tending their sheep. And all of a sudden, there was a bright light. What is this all about? I want to hear what they've got to say. Are they going to announce something about Herod? No. Let me tell you what they said. Behold, I bring you good tidings. 
You won't read that in the paper or watch or see that on ABC or CBS or NBC, CNN or whatever. I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Which is Christ the Lord. What do you think of Jesus? What do you think of Christ? What are you going to do with him? You can't be neutral. You can say, I, I heard the preacher. I heard the singing. I was in church, but I'm just, I'm just not going to have anything. To, you can't be neutral. Simply by refusing, you say no. But let me tell you something. If you let that question soak into your life, and you let the answer of that question be, I think I want to love him. I I think I want to serve him. I think I want him to be my Lord. The group is coming in just a moment, but Sister Judy, if you'll come and play the song, He is Lord. Is he your Lord? Is, 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 is he the one that you pay homage to? Is he the one that you bow to? I'm not talking about physically, and although we, we have times of prayer, we bow on our knees, and I love it. But Jesus Christ wants to touch your life today. You can put up a no wanted sign. You can tack up a no trespassing. Leave me alone. I'm fine like I am. I've got a good job, a good home, a good family. I've got a, guy, a nice wife, a nice husband. My children are doing good. Everything's going fine. Don't rock the boat, Pastor. I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm just going to tell you about a Jesus that loves you. I want you this morning because every one of us will make a decision. What do you think of Christ? You're going to answer that question one way. Or the other. I, I don't believe it's just by chance that you came to this place of worship today. I don't. Could you say this? Listen. He, he is Lord. He is Lord. He has, he's risen. He's not in the manger. He's not in the tomb. And he, now listen to this part of this song. Every knee, every knee's going to bow. Every tongue, is going to confess. Oh, that Jesus. Would you bow your heads and pray with me today? Fathers, we wait before you in your presence. We thank you because you are here. 
We don't have to ask you to come. You already are here. First of all, you're here in our lives. Those that have accepted you as their personal Savior, you're in their hearts. It is a reality, Lord. Yes, you were born. Yes, you did live. Yes, you were crucified. But oh, yes, you did rise from the dead. And we thank you for that. Search our hearts here this morning as we answer this one question. What think ye of Christ? God, I hope we all can give a positive amen to that question. We love you. We serve you. We accept you. We live for you. If there's not one woman, one man, one young person that can say, yes, I know him, may they make that decision for you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Search us today in Christ's name.